In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I see in the announcements that there's 18 parishioners celebrating their Saints Day today. That's really a wonderful thing. That's just today, not the rest of the week. There's a few more. But that explains the uh, water blaster Father Nicholas brought in this morning. So (laughs) just be ready. That's a lot for one day, 18. Not all the same saint either. There's several. You know, sometimes I wonder about the timing of the readings, the lessons that we hear, the epistle and, and the gospel. And I try to figure out, okay, why are we doing this today? What's, what's the tie-in here? And today's lesson in Luke actually is always read the second Sunday before Christmas. And so you think, well, we're talking about a banquet. Uh, are we talking about Christmas dinner maybe or something? But um, if you look a little bit deeper, uh, this does, the, today's lesson, it is actually very appropriate for us to read during Advent and as we're heading to the celebration of the, the nativity of our Lord. And actually, again, if you back up a little bit from the lesson, the verse before today's lesson is actually what ties us in, at least for me. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, Let me start, I'm going to give you a little known personal fact here. Many, many, many years ago, I was a Boy Scout. And I would laugh. I was actually a very good Boy Scout. I never made the rank of Eagle. We moved around a bit. I was in several troops, but uh, I had a fistful of merit badges, and I was working my way there. And to this day, many things that I learned in the Boy Scouts, I've retained and I've used, actually. Um, I'm never at a loss to tie a knot. I think my scoutmaster would wonder which particular knot that is, because it's not what he may have taught me. But one of the things that I remember more than anything else was the Boy Scout motto. And even if you weren't a scout, you probably heard it. It's be prepared. And even as youth, we were supposed to be prepared for anything that would come up, whatever that thing may be. And that does apply to today's gospel lesson, I think. And when the Lord calls us, we're to be prepared to answer that invitation. Now, in the parable today, the master of the house called for dinner time. Now, I don't know what it was like in your house growing up, but in my house, dinner time was a very special time. Obviously, as when we were young children, when mom called us to dinner, we came. We didn't dilly-dally at all. We didn't wait. We came. We got older, and as all of us were doing different things, uh, my brothers and myself, we just had a standing dinner time, 6 o'clock. And unless you made arrangements to be late, if you were late, two, two penalties. One was you had to wait till 9 o'clock to eat, and the other was you had to do dishes, which explains why I'm such a good dishwasher today. <laughs> but... When we're called, we need to be prepared to answer that calling. Now, a little bit of background for today's lesson. Once again, we have Jesus 
in the home. Today, last week, he was in the home of uh, some of the uh, rulers of the synagogue. Today, he's in the home of some of the Pharisees. And again, it was the Sabbath. If you remember last week, it was the Sabbath, and he healed the woman who had had the infirmity for 18 years. He got a little flack from the rulers of the synagogue for healing on the Sabbath. And of course, he explained to them very gently, you hypocrites, you take your animals to water them. Is that not work? And of course, they couldn't answer him. So to, uh, in the, uh, as the Lord is in this home, and by the way, the parable we have today is also, it's said while he's in this home at this dinner. And the, uh, a man with dropsy comes in, and dropsy, I had to look it up. It's, we call it edema today. Guy was just swollen all over, and really painful, really dangerous. And he, it's a Sabbath, he comes in, and the Lord says, because he sees the lawyers and the Pharisees, it says they're watching him. They're waiting for him to make a mistake. And he says to them, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And nobody answers him. So he heals the man, and then he doubles down on what he said in last week's gospel, which was today he said, if, or excuse me, while he's here at this dinner, he says to the lawyers and the Pharisees, if your animal falls in a pit on the Sabbath, you're going to pull him out. So then he goes into a parable, not today's, the one we read today, but another parable. He's really into parables right now. But he goes into it, and it's about seeking status amongst your peers. And uh, you recall it's about where you sit at the dinner table and basically saying, you know, don't try to exalt yourself because you'll be embarrassed when somebody else says, you don't belong there, you belong down at the other end of the table. So start at the other end and be told from there to come to the head. And he goes from that parable and then he said, to a teaching, and he says, you know, when you give a dinner, don't invite your family and your friends. What you really need to do is invite the poor, the lame, the blind, the sick. Now, he's not telling us that we can't invite our families over, but he's saying we need to remember these other people. Don't exclude them. And that's what brings us to, that teaching then brings us to today's parable, today's reading. And more importantly, the verse that precedes this, the, today's lesson, verse 15, it says, now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said, to, and he was just talking about, of course, you know, feeding the poor and, and taking care of them. He, the man said to the Lord, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And that's how it ties us now to our nativity in reading this during Advent. Because without the incarnation, without the nativity of our Lord, we don't have the ability to eat that bread in heaven. There is no bread for us to eat without the incarnation. So into today's, today's lesson. This man had a great banquet, it said. Now, a great banquet, okay? Not just a dinner, but I'm sure you've all been to a banquet at some point or another, and you can see all the preparation that goes into it. You know, I just, a few weeks ago, I watched my wife spend the better part of two days uh, 
cooking and, and baking and getting things ready for Thanksgiving dinner. And for us, it was relatively small. It was only seven people. Um, I did dishes while she was cooking, by the way. Um, but, you know, and that didn't count, by the way. Th those two days didn't count her planning and preparing, getting all the stuff for the meal. The master of this banquet, of course, you can imagine what it's like, would be like today if we were to do a meal at some fancy hotel, a banquet there, and how much preparation it takes. But a couple thousand years ago, we didn't have email invites, and we didn't have the ability to just get in a car or uh, the transportation. This was a long time in planning. It was not a surprise to the people who were invited. When the servant came, and said, the banquet is ready, it's time to come. What we see in Luke today is there were three excuses given. Various fathers say these represent different things. Some say they represent Gentiles and Jews and heretics. Some say they represent uh, various sins of love of, of earthly things and uh, the love of fleshly pleasures. I want to take it to a more personal level. I'm not contradicting the fathers, by the way. I, that, I agree with them. But I think on a personal level, I see these three excuses representing three things. The first one was, I bought a field. Now, in my business, we've bought and sold property many times. Never once have we had to buy it and then go inspect it. And I think what this particular excuse says is, is really saying is, you know what, I really have something more important to do than to attend your banquet. So please have me excused. You know, we can lose sight of what is truly important, especially at this time as we're bombarded uh, with ads for, for various things. But when we allow these outside, outside things to intrude, we, decide, we can decide that we have something more important to do, and we'd rather do that. So that's the first excuse. I bought a field, or I would say something more important has come up. The next excuse, interesting one for us, I bought actually five team of oxen. And I think what that person was saying is, you know what, I'd really rather be doing something else. I really don't want to go to the banquet. Uh, I think all of us have been in a situation where we would rather not be there. Um, I was thinking about it. I thought, well, you know, the principal's office. Um, been there a few times. Uh, once was I ran the librarian down on my bicycle on the way to school, um, which wouldn't have been quite so bad, except she had just come back to work after being in a car accident and was out for a few weeks. And I, to this day, I don't know how that woman got, she got me at the bike rack. I mean, I, it was like half a block away, and how she made it to that school. All I know is I'm trying to get that bike in the rack and get inside, and all of a sudden, I'm, arm grabs my shoulder, and, or a hand grabs my shoulder. I, I did not want to be sitting in that uh, principal's office, trust me. There's a lot of things about me you don't know, by the way. Um, anyway, the third one is always my favorite uh, on this particular parable. I married a wife, and uh, 
I think, you know, that's really an interesting, um, an interesting excuse to give, you know, a spouse that, uh, I, I, I'm married, so I can't go. In other words, I just, I don't want to. That's all it is, you know, I think, I just don't want to go. Another word for that would be apathy. We just kind of lost the, the oomph, whatever. There's just nothing left. I married a wife. I'm just, I don't want to do what, what you want to do. So that's what we have, those three excuses, whether they're buying property or animals or being married or deciding that something's more important or that you'd rather be doing something else or that you just don't care anymore. Well, moving on, when the master is told by the servant that these, this is what's happening, that the people he invited had all asked to be excused, what did he do? He told his servant to go out and get people in. And by the way, he didn't just tell him to go get people. It says he was very angry, and he told him, told his servant to go get those people. He wanted his table full and his house filled. And if the original people weren't going to come, he was going to fill it with those people. Remember back a few minutes ago I talked about the Lord teaching there to the Pharisees and the lawyers, and he talked about the meals. And don't just invite your, your friends and neighbors and relatives, but bring in these other people. Now that's who this master is going after. And he sends his servant out to fill his table in his house with whoever he can get him. And he's going after the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame, those people who are considered inferior. And he doesn't just go into the town square looking for people. He goes, says he goes into the streets and lanes of the city. He goes into the highways and the hedges. He's literally beating the bushes looking for people. Are you hungry? Come, we've got a banquet set for you. How does that apply to us? Well, there is a banquet set for us. We don't have to come. God invites us all to a banquet. We can have excuses, thinking things may be more important, or we'd rather not be there, or we want to do something else. We can reject that invitation from God. But the servant, the Son, our Lord, he is sent, and he's calling all of us. He's searching, asking, do you want to come to the banquet? Because I want you there. Well, what is the consequence of turning the invitation down? What did it say here at the end of, at the end of today's uh, lesson? He says, I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. We need to be really diligent, especially as we continue in Advent towards the Nativity, towards the incarnation of our Lord, to be mindful and being prepared for the things that can cause us to reject the invitation we get from God. War against those things that may seem more important. Struggle. Make sure we're not sitting, giving, giving up, being apathetic, or that we feel like we'd just rather be doing something else.
and as we do prepare to partake of the body and blood of our Lord, let us recall the words of the man at the table who did say to the Lord, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. To whom is due all glory, honor, and worship, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. <laughs>